to the Morning Word Podcast. This is your host, Brother David, and I hope you prepared your hearts to hear the Word of God from the man of God right now. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody out here in podcast land. This is your host, Brother David, in the house today. Uh, on the other side of me, as always, we have our very own Pastor John Matthews. How are we doing this evening, sir? Moving. Moving, amen, and hopefully in the right direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> amen. We've had a blessed week so far. Uh, for our regular listeners, uh, typically, I know we would have had the... Uh, ladies, uh, the missionaries come out and, and you would have heard a word from them by now, but uh, we were in the midst of a tropical storm. Uh-huh. So uh, we had to postpone that and we should be having that out hopefully by Friday evening for or Saturday morning. So you'll have a, a fresh word from, from the ladies here shortly. But we're here today, so we're going to definitely get you a good word. Uh, and with that, we're going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Father, we come to you right now. Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for keeping us. As always, you are the promise keeper. You are the one who's able to uphold us. Even when we ourselves just throw fits, you still stand by our side. You still are there to comfort us. When we lack confidence, when we lack trust, you are right there for us. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that opportunity, Lord Jesus, to call upon you, that you have given us the grace and the opportunity to repent and to ask you for forgiveness, Lord. And we need it right now, Lord. So many things that we're fighting against and so many things that we've doubted you on, Lord, but we need to put our trust in you, Father. And I know that putting our trust in you, it will come to pass. Yes. So I'm believing you right now, Lord, whatever the word may be for tonight, that it will touch somebody's heart because you said you sent out your word and it will not return void. Mm -hmm. And it will touch somebody's heart to want to change and believe in you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 So today, what are we uh, what are we looking at today, sir? Don't park your walk. Don't park your walk. Yep. So that that sounds a little weird. It does. <laughs> because the first thing you know when when I hear park, you know, and, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners is well, is he talking about a car or is he actually talking about a place? No, no. I'm talking about a relationship. Mm. Don't park your walk. In other words, don't park your walk with God. Amen, amen. And amen. we're looking into the 34th chapter of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, one of my favorite books. Uh, and we're going to start at verse 1. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David, his father. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. 
For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a boy, he began to seek the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherim, and the carved and, and metal images. And they chopped down the altars of the Baals in his presence. And he cut down the incense altars that stood above them. And he broke in pieces the Asherim and the carved and, and metal images. And he made dust of them and scattered it over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, and, and as far as Nephtali, in their ruins are all around. He broke down the altars and beat the Asherim and the images into powder and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel. Then he returned to Jerusalem. So what you should see here is uh, a young man that operated with righteous indignation. Um, one, I, I don't know who told him about David and how David sought the Lord, but he he found out that there was a better way to live. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And and as a king, that that he needed to not just uh, live it himself, but he needed to make uh, uh, an example, be an example, and 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 lead the whole country into living in a way that pleased God. So everything that wasn't right in God's eyes and everything that wasn't pleasing under God, he had it to, to, to he had it torn down, destroyed. He moved it all out of the way. It, it's also a good testimony for us to realize that no matter how old your kids are, mm -hmm. they need to learn about God. Yes, quick, fast, and in a hurry. I mean, as soon as possible, because now. Um, he began to reign when he was eight. And he started to seek God in the eighth year. So when he was 16, he began to seek God in the 12th year. So after four years of seeking God, at age 20, he cleaned up everything. Amen. Yeah. So, but now here's the thing. Why was it like this? Why was it that the kingdom so full of all of these uh, metal gods and images and astral? How did it? How did it get like this? Why would, did he even have to come and clean up this mess? Why was there such a mess this big? Why? Why was it there someone before him that spent four years uh, seeking God and it changed them so that they they didn't clean up this mess before him? What happened? Because what I want everyone to, to take a look at here is this young man developed a relationship, a, a, what, what is commonly known as a, a walk with God. Amen, amen. And, and in walking with God, he was inspired and he, he used his position and his influence to move the whole country toward walking with God as well which is what God desired, which is what Israel was designed to do, Amen. which is why God brought them out of Egypt so that they could be his people and he could be their God. Yes. And, and God brought us out of sin so that, that we could be his people and he could be our God. 
And just like this young man, just like Josiah, God wants us to to walk with him. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him. And when he when we do that, he'll come into our hearts and our hearts will change about our living and and the world around us. He wants us to be that light. Yes. That candle that's not hid under. Yeah, start a fire somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) But he wants us to shine. He wants to be, you know, he wants us to be that representative of him to this world. Mm -hmm. And that's what Israel's purpose was to be, you know, God's representative on earth. Yes. God wanted to show the world mm -hmm. how he would have relationship with them by the example of his relationship with Israel. Amen. But just like with the rest of the world, he needed he needed to be reciprocal. Yes. Not just that he's loving on them, but he needed them to love him because only when they loved him would they be the, the people that were best uh, for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. But the question I want to ask, but and then I'm going to give you the answer, of course. How did they end up like this? Why were they so twisted and turned around? Why was uh, uh, adultery so so prevalent and prominent, you know, during this time? You know, why wasn't all of this stuff taken out? But really, how did it ever get in there? Because they didn't start off like this. Mm-hmm. When we look at these next few verses, we'll get a clue what happened. Now, in the 18th year of his reign, he's 24 now, when, uh, 26 rather, when he had cleansed the land and the house. So it took him quite a few years to get everything cleaned up. He sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Messiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Johaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. Now, they were using all this stuff, uh, using all these excess resources to, to... uh, do all this idol worship, and the idol worship, those those resources need to be toward the house of God. That no different than today. So often, the house of God suffers uh, because of the people of God financing their love for idols. Amen, amen. I, I love what you said that uh, in the very beginning of the verse where it says, "Now the eighteenth year he had cleansed the land of the house that it took him some time." Yes. Letting us know very, you know, evidently that God, you know, it's going to take time for us to get rid of some of the stuff that we may not even realize that Mm -hmm. are idols. And the beauty of it is God is patient. His love causes him to be so patient with us. He'll give us time. Amen. You know, especially if if he's looking at positive progress. Yes. God, God, God knows we're not perfect. But he wants us to make the effort to to go in the right direction. Yes. Yeah. Just begin to do those things that please him, and and it'll it'll build up steam, and you'll you'll get to a better place. So, um, they gave the money. So they're repairing the house, right? Uh-huh. So they had to collect money to to buy things to repair the house. So they so uh, they came to Hilkiah the high priest and gave him the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, the offerings, etc which the Levites, the keepers of the threshold, had collected from Manasseh and Ephraim, from all the remnant of Israel, and from all Judah and Benjamin, and from the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So the Levites, the priests, 
They collected the people's offerings. They brought it to the house of God. Of course, they were going to use it to uh, get the house of God like uh, back in shape like God would want it, to, to put things back in order that, in a way that it would please God. Now, and they gave it to the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord, and the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord gave it for repairing and restoring the house. They gave it to the carpenters and the builders to buy quartz stone and timber and binders and beans for the building that the kings of Judah had let go to ruin. Uh So notice, it didn't say a king let go to ruin. Kings. The kings let go to ruin. (laughs) Yeah. The, The kings before Josiah, a number of them, they had stopped walking with God. They had parked their walk. With God uh-huh. and and let the the house of God go into ruin, and, and then just let idolatry spread like poison throughout the land, and because of this, God was not blessing them. So uh, the men did the work faithfully. Over them was uh, uh, Jehath and Obadiah the Levites, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I want to get down to verse fourteen. Because this is where it's going to hit home. While they were bringing out the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. Did you get that? He found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. Mm. Which means they had lost the book of the Lord. <laughs> they, they lost the Bible. They, 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 he, they, he found the Bible, which meant they had lost the Bible. Uh-huh. They forgot about it. So if they, so look, if, if you've lost the Bible, then how do you know how to do what God says? Amen. What's your roadmap? Which means they lost the Bible, and then. They got lost. Uh And when we lose a heart for God's word, when we lose sight of God's word, we get lost in our lives too. We lose our way. Amen. And and, and literally, you know, when you get lost sometimes after you've gone in circles for a while, you just park. And they had parked their walk with God. Because they they got so lax about the word uh, and, and and the word meant so little, and it got so far away from them until they lost it. They didn't even know where it was. Now, let me just say this, David. We think this is oh my goodness, how could they do such a thing? It can happen today. Oh, it does. Oh, and it and it does. Amen. But see how it happens today is. You just don't, you know, you, you haven't lost the Bible, but you've lost interest in it. Yes. You haven't lost the Bible, but you've lost sight of what it says. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it, you know it, it's, it's, it's on, on your counter. It's, you know, it's in that bag that you take to church. It's on, you know, it's on the coffee table, it's on the coffee table. <laughs> but it needs to be before your eyes and in your heart and in your heart. Because cause if it's not, next thing you know, you'll have idols everywhere just like they had idols everywhere. Amen, amen. 
And and you won't even know why you're having some of the problems that you're having. Yeah, you know, I I say this much. Uh, we we've we've not and, and well, let me let me put the disclaimer. Not that this is wrong, but we've taken uh, our Bibles and and substituted for TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no substitute. YouTube. Yeah. Uh, right. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it before the king. And when the king heard the words of the law, the law he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, uh, Ahikim, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go and inquire of the Lord for me, and for those who are left in Israel and Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So immediately when the king heard the truth, he realized what a lie they were living. As far as you know, really living for God, uh-huh. he literally was startled. He literally went into just a period of mourning. That because the sign of turning your clothes was a sign of yes. mourning. Oh, what have we done? By really, what have we not done? And he's like, okay, we gotta find somebody that that's you know even closer than I am to God. To, just confirm that this is really true. This is what we're supposed to be doing, and this is not what we're doing. Because they had lost the word. Because they had lost a love for it. Because they had lost a focus in it. They were so far from God. And because of it, judgment was upon them. Consequences were coming. And they didn't even know because they weren't walking with God according to his word. You can get caught up, David. You know, building a house and, you know, the, you know, the building fund. And you can get caught up in, in going through the process, uh-huh. taking up the offerings and doing this and that. And the singers are here. and You can get caught up in the form and the fashion and not be walking with God. Thinking that, you know, good things are coming and actually there's something coming, but it's not good things. Yeah, I think Paul put it like this. They have a form of godliness but, that they're denying the power thereof. Correct. The old saying, what you uh, what you don't know won't hurt you, bad-faced it lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it, what they didn't know because they didn't have the word was about a, about to take them into captivity. It was about to hurt them terribly. Yeah, uh, uh, it stated, uh, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." They just don't know. We have the word of God, but are we keeping a knowledge of it? Uh, are, are we are, are are we keeping it in heart in mind? Because listen, if uh, if you don't keep it before you. It's like a candle. When you take a match and you light a candle, uh-huh. you know you got the little flame, but the heat from that little flame 
it keeps that wax warm and moving and running. But the moment you blow the candle out, it it waxes cold. Everything gets hard and cold, uh-huh. and nothing is moving anymore. Uh-huh. There's no there's there's no flowing of life from. There's no light. We we've got to stay hot for God. We got to stay on fire for the Lord. We we need to keep our flames lit, and that comes from our walking with God on a regular basis. We can't just park our walk. We can't just stop praying. We can't just stop studying. We can't just stop being in attendance. We can't just stop worshiping God and think that it's going to work out all right. Uh-huh. Jesus came to a tree one time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and was looking for some fruit. Yeah. But when he came there, he found something different. Nothing but leaves. And, and he cursed it. Yeah. And they came back and the tree wasn't in good shape. And see, it doesn't happen all of a sudden. Yes. You know, you don't just say, oh, hey, I'm walk with, not walking with God anymore. You know, forget this book. I ain't doing this anymore. It doesn't happen like that. Little bit by little bit, day by day, the enemy is wearing on your time. He's wearing on your body. Yes. He's wearing on your mind. And you don't even see what he's really after. He's after your relationship with God. You know, you you're running from the uh, you're running for the Lord, and then you're kind of trotting, jogging for the Lord, and then you're kind of walking for the Lord, and then you just stop. And before you know it, you part your walk with God. And, and, and God is sitting there beside the curb, wondering when you're going to pick back up, when you're going to get on fire again. You used to do, you had you had your wonderful devotion time and prayer time and, you know, but now, man, nights are long and, you know, you, you had all this stuff you had to do and, you know, you needed an extra half an hour of sleep because you had this going on at work today and I get the devotion tomorrow and, well, then it's not tomorrow, it's going to be the next day. And next thing you know, you're not even doing devotion anymore and don't even realize it. Used to read X amount of Bible every day and, you know, it had to start your day and, you know, now there's dust on your Bible. You park your walk. Amen, amen. And that's not a good thing. In verse 22 it says, So Hilkiah and those whom the king had sent went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalem, the son of Tekiah, son of uh, Harash, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter and spoke to her to that effect. Now, uh, just a side note here. They, they had this big country, and this is the king trying to find someone that, had, that hadn't parked their walk, that had a walk with God. It's interesting that they went to the wife of one of the of one of the Levites. The Levites were the priests. They didn't go to the Levites. They went to the wife of one of the Levites. And she had the gift of prophecy. Her name was Huldah. Out of all the people in the kingdom that could have been asked, they went to her. Yet you got those that feel, oh no, 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 you don't ask a woman about anything. Yeah, that's not what, what I'm seeing here. You know, so we we can't uh, 
in our in our cultural interpretation of the world, we, we can't uh, negate or neglect uh, people that God will use regardless of their gender. You know, if God has a structure and God has a uh, a way a of order. doing things yeah. that has an order of things, but man, God uses everybody. Yes, yes, and and you know you can't get stuck in your mind who He will or will not use and how He will or will not use them. He'll cause a roster crowd if need be. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So in this case, it was the wife of one of the Levites. It was it was uh, a woman that 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 was gifted by God and had a relationship with God. So much so that the very king, the, the leader of the entire country, trusted in what word she would give them from the Lord. And she said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, tell the man who sent you to me, the king, thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the curses that are written in the book that was read before the king of Judah. Because they, the, this people, uh, Israel, they forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, you have humbled yourself before me and have torn your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, uh. and your eyes shall see shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place and its uh. inhabitants. Uh. And they brought back word to the king. Because he hadn't parked his walk, because he continued to seek God, it kept him tender and, and, and with an understanding and and with the sensitivity to, to God and, and spiritual things. And he responded in that heart and in that tenderness to, to the word being read. See, that's one of, one of the ways you know when somebody's parked their walk. Uh -huh. They're not tender to the word. That's, I was just going to say something along that lines. There's two things that's required, a tender heart and, a, and, and humility. Correct. And, and, you know, if you come before the Lord with that kind of uh, attitude and spirit, God can't spare you of some of the foolishness that's about to come on on this, you know, on this. And, and walking with God, staying before the Lord, spending time with him uh -huh. keeps you tender. Yes. Keeps you humble. Yeah. When you realize what he's doing for you uh, and you, you begin to appreciate you know, you can see God's grace truly in action because uh, this is what they're showing you. This is nothing but God's grace right here mm -hmm. because they all deserve to be wiped given what the behaviors that they've, that, you know, had by worshiping all these idols and casting God to the side. But yet somebody stood in the gap, prayed, had a tender heart, a heart after God, and he, and he humbled himself. 
and God spared him. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's critical for us today. That's that's needed so badly in the church, uh, not just in in a leadership position, but in every position, regardless yes. of what your calling is in 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 the body of Christ. We need that mentality. We need that that mindset. Uh, too many people are are coming up in an era where pride is is just running rampant more than ever before. Uh, These kings spent too, before the ones before Josiah, they spent too much time being king and not enough time being children of God. Amen. He stayed as a humble child before the Lord and, and, and God raised him up to be king and God was able to use him to do what was good and right. The, the, the punishment that God was going to bring was that the people during his reign was spared of that punishment because of his heart and because of his walk with God. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, David, fathers and mothers need to walk with God so that they spare their children. Pastors need to walk with God so that we spare our church. Churches need to walk with God so that we spare our, our neighborhoods and our cities. Does God have a Josiah in this day and time? Are you called to be the, the Josiah on your job, the Josiah in, in your ministry? Are you one that's still walking with God? You haven't parked. You haven't slowed down. You haven't, you know, because sometimes it takes somebody, like in this case, sometimes even one person that, that, that gives everyone a way, a sign, and an opportunity to, to get back in line. God needs a voice. And you know, I appreciate not just Josiah, but I appreciate Holder. Amen. Because he had someone that he could confirm what God was saying and doing. Because she could could uh, give them a word from the Lord because she didn't park her walk. Because she had a relationship with God and, and God was using her in her gifts. We need people today. Male, female, young, old. We need people today that will stand up and walk with God that will help to, to spare a nation from destruction. It's, it's easy to get caught up in the... the the pandemic and the politics and the the, the prosperity, uh, you know, of the stock market. It's easy to get caught up in the world's actions and factions. But what God needs is a people that will continue to keep him in mind. God needs a people that won't lose sight of what he said. God doesn't want us to, to forsake his word and forsake his presence. Who's willing to keep him first? Who's willing to keep him first? Who's willing to make him uh, the head and, and not the tail? Who's willing to put him above and not below? That's the question that, that we're, we're asking, not only just to the audience, but even within ourselves constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a decision. He, he was in this position to turn things around. He was in a position to hear God's word he, he was even in a position that they found the, 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 the word in the temple because his turning the country around, th- that caused them to begin to repair the house of God so that they found the word of God. 
and even as a young man because of his commitment to seeking God and, and not just at any, any old uh, level, but he knew that David, the greatest king that they ever had, he was a man after God's own heart. He was a, a man that God considered to be a friend. He sought God to, to have a relationship at that level and it put him in a position that he could hear the word of God and have a heart that was sensitive to it. So much so that God recognized it and delayed destruction because of one man that continued to walk with God. In your condition, in your situation, in your circumstances, in your environment, are you the man? Are you the woman that God needs? Are, 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 is it you that he's going to spare a, a, a family? Is it you that, that he's going to, to spare a neighborhood? Is it you that will walk with God, that will commit to him so that God can change things, so that God can draw people closer to him? Don't park your walk. Stay white hot for God. Keep your eyes on the cross and let God use you to make a wonderful difference in your world. Amen, amen. So we want to make sure that we, we definitely keep God in front of us. And, and, and especially, you know, I want to talk to if, if there's any youth that are listening to this. Make sure that you have the right relationship. Make sure that you are seeking after God. The Bible says, and he in Second Chronicles, that he walked in his ways of David, his father, and he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. And it's so easy, especially for young people, to be turned uh, and distracted with so many different obstacles in our ways, so many different things that are coming at you. But yet this young man, after hearing the word and following the word, he made up in his mind that he wanted to continue to follow God and do his will and purpose everything to the point of clearing out the house. Anything that was not like God, he got rid of. You got to have that mindset. I got to get rid of it. As much it may hurt or time or whatever it is, you got to get rid of those idols. And in doing so, you'll see the word of God even clearer than before. And once you have that clarity of what God is saying to you, then you can fulfill his will and you can spare yourself a lot of headaches. So dig into the word, keep them close to you. Do like David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against him. So hide it in your heart and keep a tender heart and be willing to listen from wherever the word may come from. If it's of God, it'll show itself to be true. Pastor, can you close this out in prayer, please? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. 
And thank you for all that you have provided, that we can know you, that, that we can walk with you, that we, Lord, can be like you. Father, I pray. I pray, Lord, for our young men and our young women. Oh, Jesus, raise up young Josiahs and young holders in this day and time those that will commit and walk with you, those that can hear from you, those that can speak to the nations, those, Lord, that can help to bring a positive change to the world. Lord, I pray that we not lose sight, Lord, that we not lose our, our, our fervor, that we not lose our passion for that which is spiritual. God, I pray that you not let us grow cold in you. Send the word that we need, Lord. Store our hearts to pray. Draw us to come before your throne. Do what it takes, Lord. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. We can't help ourselves, Lord, by ourselves. We need your assistance. We need your help. Please, God. If there's an idol in us, reveal it, Lord. Convict us, God, of, of anything that we might put before you, Lord, even if it's only us. Keep us humble, Lord, like this young man. Help us to stay humble, Lord, trusting and depending on you, daily seeking you, Lord, to be our strength, to, to be our source of wisdom and, and, and guidance. And then, Lord, let what we do in, in walking with you be a light, Lord, that helps guide the world to a better place. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of walking with you. Amen. May God keep you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Morning Word Podcast. We pray that you were blessed with what you heard today. You were able to get some insight on how to live a better life closer to God. If you wish to continue to listen to this word, please subscribe to our podcast on the following platforms. Apple's Podcast, Google Cast, Pocket Cast, and Spotify. If you wish to view us live during our services, just simply go to newpministries.org. That is newpministries.org, where you'll be able to stream live services on a weekly basis. And with that being said, we pray that you continue to reach, teach, and love somebody new. Have a blessed week.